So as I telegraphed a little earlier, I am tonight I'd like to talk about our our dear Earth. But I'm I'm going to uh, maybe a subtitle would be the microcosmic and the macrocosmic. On the microcosmic, I was um, I was thinking today about our topic last week, which was uh, all the different ways that we cause ourselves and each other suffering. In this 100 days of that our community is dedicating itself to harmlessness, it's wise that we notice um, as our springboard to harmlessness all the ways that we cause ourselves harm through our thoughts on our words and our deeds. And it was really a beautiful thing last week to hear everyone confess their delusions and, and speak about all the ways that uh, we cause harm. But it's, it's also really painful to, to really uh, reflect on how human beings, how all of us in our own strange way have this tendency for self-sabotage. I I was thinking today of uh, someone who I've um, met with over many years who um, who is uh, has a, a real deep sensitivity to the um, to the sense of interbeing and interconnectedness who has a certain, we all do, a certain divine spark and, and has access to, uh, to uh, transpersonal or non-normal experiences that just keep, have given, over the course of this person's life, have given him great, has given him uh, great evidence for the, um, for the, um, that which is beyond all of our, all of our, um, suffering in a way, a place of, of great freedom. Yet the same person, day in and day out, in spite of this gift of access to um, awakening, uh, engages in uh, risky behavior, in excessive use of intoxicants, and uh, just day after day, in so many small and big ways, self-sabotages. And we all have this capacity. And it can be as simple as the... Somebody was telling me today about this quarterback over the weekend in a football game who, just a few minutes from the end, just threw a, a, a bonehead interception. And it was as though the, something in that person just just went against their 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 skillfulness that they had carried throughout the throughout the game. So it can be as as simple and as everyday as that sort of thing, but it can be much more chronic and insidious the way that uh, the way that we can harm that we can self sabotage. So it really is important to do an inventory of the ways that we do that and to try to to bring light to that situation. Because I, I think that at the heart of all of that uh, self-sabotage is, um, is the desire for relief. It motivates so much uh, of our 
diluting or con, uh, or obscuring action is is just the desire to to um, for whatever it is that is hard for us for it to stop. And for some people, it's really hard to feel exposed to the bright lights of life. Reality has all kinds of associations with not only do you get to feel the great joy of presence, but you also have to feel the pain. And that's too much. And as I, I, I'm not sure if I spoke of this recently here, but I often think of the Tibetan uh, teaching on the four faults, what keeps us from being, from recognizing the, the imminent, the primordial freedom that is available to us really in every moment. And, and the four faults are is that it's, it's too close for us to recognize. It's too, it's too vast for us to be able to, fathom, to take it all in, the, the uh, enormity of, of the um, life that we can be plugged into and that we are really at all times, even when we don't think we are. So it's too, too close, too vast, uh, too wonderful to accommodate. It's really hard for us to accommodate this capacity that we, this great joy of, of being, the great joy of presence. Uh, and then the last one, the, the fault, is it's too easy. We can't believe it. We simply need to stop, uh, turn the other direction, stop going out of ourselves in search. Stop. Stop as... As Pablo Neruda says, stop flapping our arms so much for a minute and keep quiet. And he says something to the effect that um, it might interrupt this sadness of never having really connected. So somehow or other we, we do all kinds of things and then it becomes so habitual, and I think it is in the person that I was describing, it is so habitual that it just we're just innocently, in a way, carried along by the force of conditioning. And all the while, we mostly want uh, contentment. And why is it that we don't just choose the, the counterbalance? Just think about the I was reading about, um, I've been reading a lot about the earth because today is uh, among Dharma Sanghas worldwide, this is the earth care, beginning of earth care week. I'm actually going to be sending out a bunch of emails and, and, uh, and uh, Andrea has been nice enough to, she's going to scan a, a document for for each person to, uh, if you're interested, and I highly recommend it, to, uh, to take a personal inventory of your carbon footprint, your, the way that you're living, and make certain commitments to reduce your impact and make certain commitments to, to engage in whatever way that you can to save our dear green planet. And I promised, along with many people, that I would uh, mention this tonight as part of our Sangha gathering. And when I was thinking about it today, I, I remembered having read recently this uh, short little passage from Wendell Berry from The Sun magazine. I don't know how many of you get The Sun, but this is what he said. And this speaks to this, not just this self-sabotaging, 
but the how our self-sabotaging points to a larger kind of sabotaging. He says, we haven't accepted, we can't really believe that the most characteristic product of our age of scientific miracles is junk. But that is so. And we still think and behave as though we face an unspoiled continent with thousands of acres of living space for every person. We still sing America the Beautiful as though we had not created in it by strenuous effort at great expense and with dauntless self-praise and unprecedented ugliness. Now how does that happen? It is through this chronic tendency to just want, 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 want stuff, want, 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 with no end in sight. And the way that affects each of our mind is we sabotage moment by moment this capacity to be free. All the while thinking that where it is that I'm, what it is I'm shopping for is happiness. And because our view becomes so narrow, so myopic, so focused on the pursuit of what I want to happen, we become not only oblivious to the self-sabotaging that we're doing to our own happiness, but we're oblivious to the impact on our dear green planet. And so what we do ourselves doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone. What we do moment to moment with our thoughts, our words, and our actions. An often read passage from Albert Einstein. A human being is part of the whole, called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experienced himself, his thoughts and feelings, as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free from this prison, to free from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. And Thich Nhat Hanh puts it this way, You are me, and I am you. Isn't it obvious that we enter our? You cultivate the flower in yourself so that I will be beautiful. I transform the garbage in myself so that you will not have to suffer. I support you, you support me. I am in this world to offer you peace. You are in this world to bring me joy. Now how many, how often do we wake up and think about this? Or are we thinking about what we want for ourselves? Or innocently we just get caught up in what we just have to do to survive, what we think we have to do to survive. But this, um, there are so many more moments of space to have a wider view, 
to remember our bodies, to remember that this body depends, this, the, the thriving of this body depends on the thriving of this planet. They are not, they're not apart from one another. So Rumi says in his wonderful little poem, um, which has a, it's got a longer part, but one that just was rolling through my mind during the sitting tonight, where he says, why do you stay in prison? And uh, Albert Einstein spoke of the same thing. Why do you stay in prison when the door is so wide open? Come out of the tangle of fear thinking, of me thinking. Live in silence. Flow down and down and down in ever-widening rings of being. So somehow or other, we have to see the way our own actions bring us into that, put us in that prison of separateness and widen our circle of affection. Come out of the tangle of me thinking, live in silence. Be silent enough to then flow in our minds moment by moment to the extent that we can flow down and down in ever-widening rings of beings so that there's not a single day or hopefully a single moment where something in you knows that whatever you say, do, or, or, or think is not just impacting you, but it's actually impacting our dear green planet. Just a, another echo of inter, interbeing, the, the deeper meaning of, of selflessness is the, in, when the whole point of our practice is to see through the, the illusion of separateness, to see through the self-illusion, which simply means to see through the illusion of other. This is from, uh, from uh, Jane Hirschfield. Hirschfield, yes. It's called My Proteins. They have discovered, they say, the protein of itch. Natriatic polypeptide B. And that it travels its own distinct pathway inside my spine. As do pain, pleasure, and heat. A body, it seems, is a highway. A cloverleaf crossing, well-built, well-traversed, some of me going north, some going south. 90% of my cells, they have discovered, are not my own person. They are the other beings inside me. And 96% of my life is not my life. Yet I, they say, am they, my bacteria and yeasts, my, mo- my father and mother, grandparents, lovers, my drivers talking on cell phones, my subways and bridges, my thieves, my police who chase myself day, night and day. My proteins apparently also me fold the shirts. I find in this crowded metropolis a quiet corner where I build a not me of where I build of not me Lego blocks, a bench, pigeons, a sandwich of rye bread, mustard and cheese. It is me and is not the hunger that makes the sandwich good. It is not me then it is not me then is the sandwich a mystery neither of us can fold, unfold, or consume. 
have to read it over many times. <laughs> it's beautiful. So something has to has to give because it's the we need a wider view, a wider sense of our inner being so that we need to at least come out of the tangle of fear thinking, uh, out of our narrow world of preoccupation. Otherwise, we can't really feel. We may get caught up in our, the feelings that are associated with our internal drama, but we're not really feeling our connection to the earth. We're not feeling our emotions through. If you feel your emotions through, not just think about them, when we're great at thinking about them, not so good at feeling them, if you feel your emotions through, you will feel a connection with the life around you. It'll tenderize you. It'll widen your view. And compassion flows from a wide view. So somehow, in order to really get our impact on our, on our dear green planet, to get that inspiration to, uh, to do our uh, carbon um, footprint inventory and to do engage in whatever action we can. I'm, one of the things I'm sending out is a little video uh, that Jack Cornfield made that I'm hoping all of you will watch, encouraging people to uh, to speak loudly about this uh, this Keystone pipeline that's going to be carrying the the dirty oil from Alberta, where I was just a few weeks ago, from the. It's, it's so amazing, the, the connection of things, the pact with the devil that the whole material world makes. Because I go to this place, I go teach in this lovely city every year, Edmonton, Alberta, and the, the town thrives on the oil industry. And then, of course, people move there, and many people are doing very many wonderful things there, but the foundation of the whole community is this total rape of the earth. And, that's, and this toxic waste that they're just spewing out in every possible direction and trashing our planet. Something's got to give. So anyway, this, um, it's these kinds of things. It's opening our eyes and at least letting it move us to some kind of action. Otherwise, it's, we just start to feel hopeless. Start to feel as though we're just, it, it's better to go to sleep. But uh, it's possible to have fun doing this. As a, oh, I thought I had it with me. There's a, something from David Brower. Have a good time saving the world, or you're just going to depress yourself. <laughs> People want to be part of something fun. Put, in, put fun in the movement to conserve, preserve, and restore, and celebrate Earth, and people will run to sign up. So, we, um, he speaks of the fun, and all of us, no matter how much we open to the, the pain of our Earth, how much we're, we're spreading junk and trashing it, uh, we also have to remember that the best thing, one of the best things that we can do is continue to take delight. Uh, and to find it in the simple ways. Why do, we, why do we spend our lives in that narrow vortex of, of me? Is because we've, we've lost the, the, sim- the beauty of, of simplicity and the beauty of just connecting. Uh, why don't we just choose simplicity and contentment? That's what we want. That's what the hidden aim in all of our shopping is. In all of our consumption, all of our unconsciousness, it's just to find release. Why don't we choose it? It's an unconditional quality. 
It's just embedded in your nature. Every week, I, I remind everybody, not just in words, but we all together, we see that any moment, any moment, when you suspend your, your drama for a moment, and after your last thought has passed and before the next one comes, what dawns almost instantly if we simply feel ourselves without consulting our memory? Peace is there. Open and inviting, comfortable. Right in the middle of it all. And the world hasn't improved a m one bit in that moment. Yet in the middle of it, we see, oh, there's something really precious about simply being here. And maybe I want to devote my life to being here a little bit more. And of course, that what comes with that is I'm then I'm going to, I'm going to if I'm here a little more, I'm going to look around and see my, my fellow humans, and I'm going to I'll watch my fellow humans self sabotage. I'll watch the way I self sabotage, and I I somehow run from this silence every every chance I get. But if I make, if I've made a commitment to simplicity, if I've made a commitment to uh, contentment and caring for this planet by not abusing it with my excess shopping, then I might, uh, I I might fall in love a little more. I might, I might actually do something good for the planet instead of bad. And it's just a matter of going going the other direction that I normally go means I stop. I was talking to somebody in the last few days and it, it this person gave me the most convincing convincing story of why they can't be happy. And I, in, and I was just looking for a way, some way in this conversation, I could say, that's your situation. That's not who you are. That's not this moment. I was trying every which way. But you know, you have to be delicate about these things. You can't just tell somebody, you know, you really can't be... <laughs> you have to somehow, yeah, yeah, I understand the situation's really rough. But what about now, while we're speaking to one another? It's so easily overlooked. It's too close. It's too vast. It's too wonderful. It's too easy. It's why we overlook it. So, I, would, I, I can accept the fact that freedom, peace, is an open secret that it's right under your nose. But also the way that we are hurting ourselves and hurting the planet is also an open secret. All we have to do is pay attention a little bit. And this time, this week, is a time to, I say, to pay attention. What are you doing to either enhance this dear green planet or, or harm it? And there are, I'm going to send out a bunch of things that are very practical ways that you can, that you can uh, at least participate in, in saving our planet if it's possible. Uh, but, uh, but also in very simple meditative ways to just do your practice. 
Don't, uh, don't just think about it. Do it all day long. Do a lot of quickies. What are you doing with your mind? What are you doing with your thoughts? What are you doing with your actions? What are you doing with your words? And how is it either harming or helping the planet? Because we have to stop at some point and our heart has to break. Otherwise we just lose the sense that we're connected to a whole. Thich Nhat Hanh so beautifully captures the spirit of compassion that really is our capacity. And in spite of it being painful to open our hearts, it's truly the source of real joy. This is, uh, this is Thich Nhat Hanh in his wonderful poem, Call Me By My True Name. Do not say that I'll depart tomorrow, because even today I still arrive. Look deeply, I arrive in every second to be a bud on a spring branch, to be a tiny bird with wings still fragile, learning to sing in my new nest, to be a caterpillar in the heart of a flower, to be a jewel hiding itself in a stone. I still arrive in order to laugh and to cry, in order to fear and to hope. The rhythm of my heart is the birth and death of all that are alive. I am the mayfly metamorphosing on the surface of the river. I am the bird which when spring comes arrives in time to eat the mayfly. I am the frog swimming happily in the clear pond and I'm also the grass snake who approaching in silence feeds itself on the frog. I'm the child of Uganda, all skin and bones, my legs as thin as bamboo sticks. And I'm the arms merchant, selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I'm the 12-year-old girl, refugee on a small boat, who throws herself into the ocean after being raped by a sea pirate. And I'm the pirate, my heart not yet capable of seeing and loving. I'm a member of the Politburo, with plenty of power in my hands, House of Representatives. And I'm the man who has to pay his debt of blood to my people, dying slowly in, forced, in a forced labor camp. My joy is like spring, so warm it makes flower bloom in all walks of life. My pain is like a river of tears, so full it fills the four oceans. Please call me by my true names so I can hear all my cries and laughs at once, so I can see that joy and pain are one. Please call me by my true names, so I can wake up, so that the door of my heart can be left open, the door of compassion. Hmm. I have a few little snippets, but I think maybe that's a good time to stop. Um, you, those of you who have signed up to our, our um, on our listserv can expect some emails. Please don't uh, throw them in your junk box because there's some good stuff there. And I won't abuse the... the uh, we try not to overuse the... The, um, the sending of messages other than the basic Sangha business. But this time I want to just download a little bit of um, Earth Care Week stuff. And 
and, and feel free also as I pass this on for you to share it. And I think all of us, if we took 100 people and, and sent everything out to everyone we know, we could cover a lot of ground and get a lot of people um, changing the world. Remember the words of Sri Nisargadatta, he says, the world is the way it is because people are the way they are. And if people continue to be the way they are, the world will stay the way it is. And if we want a uh, safe world, if we want a peaceful world, if we want a uh, uh, healthy world, there has to be healthy, there has to be peaceful, there have to be safe people. So it's not something we can impose on the world. It has to start with each of our individual actions of body, speech, and mind. So please um, devote your week of harmlessness to uh, doing good in, for our planet and for yourselves. And, um, and let's just sit quietly for a moment. from Martin Luther King. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. This is the interrelated structure of reality. So as usual, we, we deeply wish that uh, our time together has, be has benefits, it has some goodness, it has blessings, it has merit, it has fruits. And we consider that, that if there are any of these benefits that we, they be shared freely with all beings. And we radiate the blessings of our practice with a deep wish that all beings all creatures of the air, of the sea, the land, that all beings in all circumstances be able to find happiness in this world and the causes of happiness. And that all beings can be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. That all beings can realize the sacred happiness that is without sorrow, the open secret here and now, and not lift out of this moment to find relief. And we deeply wish that all beings can grow in equanimity, balance and serenity, so that we, can, we are able not simply to act wisely, but to meet whatever joys and sorrows come with less grasping and less aversion and a deep wish that our practice today and every day and everything we do, from the moment we wake up until the moment we put our head on the pillow, that we dedicate our actions to the welfare and benefit of all. And a deep wish that all beings can know liberation.
all beings can live with ease. Anyway, happy Earth Care Week. Feel free to go to the website One Earth Sangha. One Earth Sangha. I think that's what the name is. One Earth Sangha. But I'll be sending on some things. Thank you for your practice. Thanks for your generosity. And see you uh, Saturday at Spirit Rock or Saturday at the Mindfulness Care Center. Come and support your yogi friends. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.